What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. Okay, uh, we have now been nice and consistent with these. Well done, Simon. Thank you very much. I am uh, proud of myself. There's been a, a couple of close calls to not getting an episode in, um, but I hope you enjoyed the last episode. That was just a little bit of an insight to what we deliver in our one-to-one coaching service, talking about five core pillars that you would be able to implement to achieve your dream physique. But today, today we have a special one because the man, the myth, the legend, one of my brothers from another mother and obviously one of our coaches with AS, Johnny Glendening, is back on the podcast. Dude, it has been a while since you've been on the podcast, eh? I know, I actually can't remember the last time. I think the last time we were talking about training mistakes, which must have been... Eight months ago, was that eight months ago? It was a good while ago. Yeah, mate, that was November 2020. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy, though. But obviously, um, it's been some big changes since then. Holy hell. Um, That makes me think that we need to do these way more regularly because it's quite nice to shoot the shit. I know people quite like hearing what we're going on in terms of like training and things like that, especially now as we're kind of working towards quite different goals and things like that. But dude, hit hit everyone with a life update. Where are you? What's going on? What are you doing? Nice things. Yeah, good, mate. Um, Life update wise for me. Uh, So in August, I think it was now, um, I went off to Bath in the UK and we got a contract for a year to work with Bath Rugby um, in the Senior Academy. Um, So basically the Senior Academy is boys who train with the first team, um, but they're still between kind of 21 to 18. So they're still at university. They're still doing a couple of things and they're in that in-between stage where they're not quite full-grown adults, but they're not quite kind of kids at all. Um, kind of them. And yeah, it's kind of my job for the year to do their S&C, strength conditioning for a year, um, which is kind of cool. So moved over there, been doing that for the last couple of months, uh, which is really cool. Otherwise than that, like for me, just plowing along my powerlifting. Um, going quite well at the moment. We're hitting some... Decent numbers and we're well below, I think, at the moment. No one gets to see kind of my programming, but at the moment we're doing something ridiculous. Like everyone sees that one set on Instagram, but what they don't know is that I've been doing that for six or seven sets, (laughs) which is the funny thing. Yeah, Uh, yeah, mate, loving it at the moment, to be honest. That, that is uh, that is what I like to hear. I'm doing my very best to try and keep up with the squat. I don't think I'm that. I don't think I'm anywhere near. But hey, I, I will take it. I hit I hit an all time. It's actually an all time squat PB for me this morning. Hitting the was it 200 for three sets of four. Bear in mind, I'm in the eight. I've been consistently in the 83s now for the last kind of week or so. Still in a deficit. I also have run 25k over the last two days before and. Like just to clear this up, I've slept in five different beds. No, I'm not sleeping around. I've been traveling. Okay. Um, I have two different, two different beds in Spain, one in London, and two different ones in Dubai. And just to clear that up, no, I'm not sleeping around. Uh, I think Anna would have Anna would have my head off, and I wouldn't do that anyway. Um, but we've been sleeping in different beds. So I'm pretty happy with the PV to say the least. I'll try my best to keep up with you, but uh I can't see it happening. So when when you can start getting close to my running, then we'll then we'll uh then we'll, then we'll have it on. Not sure I'll ever get close to your front of me. Not sure I ever want to do that. <laughs> nah, but um, So you're back home right now in Jersey, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, a break in our schedule. So we get breaks whenever they don't have a game at the weekend. So 
we went uh, 14 weeks straight um, and we did something ridiculous like 16 games in 14 weeks, um, which was just crazy. It's just one game after the other and it all kind of filters in and you kind of lose sight of days and times. It's really weird. Um, I don't view things as a Monday to most people is that first day at work. It's horrible. To me, a Monday is just whatever we've got on that day. So that could be, we could be working on a Sunday. We could be working on a Saturday. We could be working on a Monday. Like the first day of the week of me rotates between like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's really weird sometimes um, to get along. But yeah. Yeah, that's epic. How have you found it being home after? It's been a while since you've been back. Obviously, Christmas only a real, real short period as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Christmas time was about a week off. I managed to swindle myself a week off somehow. Um, normally, they were they were still training over Christmas, so that sucks a little bit. Um, but yeah, Christmas they had a game Boxing Day, but I managed to kind of get out of it and have a week back home, which was nice, just to refresh, get to see the family catch up with all like friends and then back off again. I'd say you got the joy of seeing me, my man. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> yeah. And talking of seeing me, we hadn't, you hadn't back out to the, uh, to, you hadn't coming out to the sandpit soon. Woo. I am. Um, unfortunately, you'll turn in 25. So oh. we will come over and we will celebrate that for, I think yes. just over a week. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be. Well, I, Got to show me a good time, my friend. Oh, we will. Don't worry. Me, me, me and Anna have already been uh, putting a bit of a game plan together. What are you most excited for? What, when I come over? Yeah. Uh, just actually, to be honest, just to actually spend some time with you. It's been a while since we actually got time. Just some shooting away, shit. Away on holiday just to hang out together. Yeah. Uh, like, it's been years since we've properly done that rather than just being at home kind of shooting the shit it's a bit different when you're away you're able to do different things and go different places mm, yeah we're gonna have, we're gonna make some new experiences here some new memories to be epic um but dude i know i think we'll just cover this in a, in a different episode i think we'll, we'll dive into the bath stuff we'll go just for everyone listening in the next probably month or so me and johnny will do another episode kind of going over uh where, where we are with our training what the kind of goals are some of the biggest mistakes we've made when it comes to our training programs that we've potentially run in the past what we found beneficial from them what uh we would maybe tweak or improve now and i also think a very very powerful frame that we could probably probably dive into johnny would be if we were to start again what would we do because my my god it would be different I don't know about you. Yeah, a lot of things different, and uh, well, we'd be in a lot different place, probably. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be very interesting. It'd be interesting to look at that because obviously, if you look at kind of like the genetic limit of kind of roughly what we could probably gain naturally, without literally having zero life, you're probably really not that far off it from a from a gaining muscle perspective, from a muscle gain perspective. Yeah, not too far. Yeah. I always. You like never limitations on things. Oh, 100 percent No no human is limited. I heard that. Um I watched the Kachobi um documentary, and that's what you said. And I think it agreed a hundred percent no human is limited, but you know you're reaching that upper threshold of actual muscle gain. I would have thought so. Um it would be interesting to see if we were to go back and almost coach ourselves five, six, seven years ago from what the knowledge we have now. It'd be interesting to see how long it would take to get to where we are. I think it's going to be one of two things. 
one, it would happen quicker than you think, or two, it would be exactly the same. And you realize that actually the kind of little, tiny, little micro details don't have anywhere near as much of an effect as you think. If you just do the simple shit and you do it well and you do it consistently, guess what? You get results. Yeah, I don't think, I think probably, as you said, that second one, probably actually all those little things that you would change wouldn't make that much difference. Yeah. Um, the actual overall physique. Yeah. I think the, well, we're going to end up diving into this. We'll leave it for another one. I think the biggest difference would be uh, not training like a dick, not training like a dick and getting injured and then not being able to train. That's the biggest thing. Um, but so, dude, work, working at Bath, just to, just to kind of clear things up for anyone who's listening. So Bath is a premiership rugby team. So literally one level below kind of international, um, incredibly high level rugby. You're literally daily seeing some of the world's best athletes in the rugby department there, um, which must be super super interesting and i'm jealous to a certain extent because uh i'd find it fascinating so my question would be was it what you expected it to be or well two frames that what did you expect it to be like and versus what it's actually like i think when i went in with expectations i think obviously we both have been around jersey um jersey firsts and so i kind of went in with the expectation it was going to be similar to that similar kind of schedule, similar routine, similar type of uh, players and kind of um, characters. Um, and for that, it was kind of a lot different, I think, than I actually thought. Um, it was it's much more relaxed atmosphere, I think, than people think it is. I think people think high-end sport, you must be switched on 100% of the time. And honestly, it's not. They're all very, very chilled out people. They're there to have a laugh and a good time. And then when the boots go on, yes, it's a different story. But like the majority of the time, you are just kind of having fun. And it is just a bunch of boys kind of just having a few laughs, um, which is really nice, really refreshing. Um, I think, obviously, we're on the player side before when we're at Jersey. We're now kind of being on the opposite side of kind of management. Um, I would say there's a lot more detail and depth that goes into decisions. Uh, when you're a player, you only hear the decision and that's it. You don't understand the reasons for all those decisions that go into things. Um, so definitely on the management side, like listening to all of that, listening to everyone's opinions, and there's so many different opinions you have, um, but it's the detail. The, there's so much detail that goes in just to the tiny little things. Um, uh, so like for example every morning we will go through like a player's run like a player's list and we will go through medical notes for that player we will then go through uh, rugby notes if they're in if they're out like how many meters have they done last week do they do do they need to do more meters this week do they need uh, gym top ups do they need conditioning top ups um is there anything, like, do, do they need to get in a sprint this week in training? Do they not? Um, there's so many kind of little things that you go through with a player uh, deciding exactly what they, they're going to do that day, um, which I never saw before. I just normally turned up, did the session and left. And you kind of don't get to see kind of all those little decisions that go on behind the scenes, um, which is kind of cool. But also a lot to take in, especially when you're not used to it. 
Yeah, 100%. I think it's it's very much the same exactly what we do with our clients, but just on a slightly higher level scale, because uh, when you're dealing with professional athletes and you're looking to take people to that 0.01%, um, those are where the 1% is massively, massively add up and where they can do that. Um, it's going to make such a, such a big difference. Okay. I think it's really interesting what you say in terms of it's just like, it can be quite relaxed. Um, people might not think about that, but I think for me is like having obviously been part of a similar environment through Jersey, um, the days can be monotonous, but really monotonous. Yes. And that's the thing on one side, as a player, as you said, you can seem like every day you turn up, you do your gym, you eat your food, you do your rugby sessions and you go home and it can. Um, I think being on the other side of it and knowing kind of what that's like, we do try to jazz things up a little bit. Um, there's, for example, we will do like different warm-ups, like they might do football for their warm-up. They might play a few couple of games. They might do a little bit of wrestling, um, even little things like gym sessions. Uh, the head S&C, at the club loves playing jokes loves doing all these things um and he has something called a golden ticket so this golden ticket comes out every so often um and basically the boys get to do just a beach section so they just oh, get baby. to do some arms guns and they're always begging for it. every time they come in monday morning or tuesday morning they're like oh maddie can we can we please get the golden ticket <laughs> absolutely beg for it um, but the nice thing with that is like whenever he gets the golden ticket out, he always makes a little show of it. Yeah. Uh, he's done Pulp Fiction. I think last time we had a golden ticket, he got one of the golf buggies, um, kind of whizzed it round, slid the back end out, jumped into the gym, pulled out the golden ticket and the boys all went nuts. Um, but it's just like little things like that where you're just like, oh, that's really good. Like reenacting movie scenes pulls out a golden ticket. Um, they do try to make it as fun as possible for them. But at the end of the day, if you want to be truly great at someone, uh, truly great at something, it is about repetition and doing it over and over and over again. And then just trying to jazz it up ever so slightly. Um, we call it giving the boys fluff um, just so then they kind of think it's different, think it's new, but actually it's the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly that. I don't know if anybody's listened to the high performance podcast with, uh, well, either where they had Sir Clive Woodward on and he talks about, and I've literally got this on my screensaver. Okay. And it's just world-class basics. Okay. So obviously Sir Clive Woodward uh, managed and led the team, England team to want, win the world cup back in, was it 2003? Yeah. In 2003. And their whole motto for that world cup and they became the best in the world that year was just have world-class basics but world-class basics came down to being on time it came down to the quality of your training session it came down to the food you ate the sleep you had it's just have world-class basics um and i think that's kind of exactly what you're saying there but then it's just spicing up finding interesting ways that you can make the basics a little bit more exciting so then you can stay consistent when you stay consistent kind of greatness comes so on that what does a kind of day in the life for one of these professional athletes look like uh, so a day in their life. So again, depending on the day, um, they have different things, different targets on different days, but say you came in Monday morning, um, and it was our first day of training for the week. So say if they come in, um, it's a case of normally the physios will check on the players, see how they've come off the back of a game, see how they've come off the back of the weekend, 
check in with any injuries, just check in with them generally, um, see if they're all good for training that day. Once they've kind of completed that, uh, we will then go into a team meeting. Um, so they'll kind of run through previews uh, for their coming week of what they need to work on for the opposition. Uh, the staff will go into a list run where we go through all the players, like I said before, and kind of figure out what they're doing today and what they can and can't do. Um, post that, we then get to go into the gym. Um, so again, it's very simple, very easy. We have three gym sessions a week. On a Monday, they will train lower body. On a Tuesday, they will do upper body. And uh, they're both strength sessions. And then on the Thursday, they will do a total body power. So just try like a lot more kind of faster movements, trying to prep them for the game more. Um, but again, it's just three sessions, very simple, very easy, very basic. Um, just on that, I think that will surprise quite a lot of people because obviously you look at these guys and a lot of them are 100 plus kilos, pretty damn lean as well and very, very like athletic shape. Um why would okay how, how would you position this to people and to basically tell them that people don't need to work out as much as they think they do what's the what's the difference i think what people don't realize is actually there's a lot to, yes you need to gym and stimulate the muscle but there's actually a lot more to it than that with your sleep with your recovery um, with your food actually you're not growing when you're in the gym you're growing when you're outside of the gym and it's those basics of actually eating the right things, sleeping the right amount um, and kind of just progressing slowly in the gym and you will get that big. Um, they're also, some of them are very, very genetically gifted. Um, there's a couple of, so why they're 1%. yeah, there's a couple of guys in there who really don't even try and to actually take the mick and some of them will come in there and just foam roll and not actually do that much. But again, they've done it for 10, 20 years. Some of them, um, they know their body's best. And at the end of the day, for them, it's not so much being as big and strong as possible. It's actually what's best for their body to perform best on a Saturday, um, which is kind of the big realization for me going in. I always thought, oh, surely they're going to love the gym. They want to be bigger, stronger, faster. And actually, the majority of them, yes, I like that. But there is quite a few characters who aren't, who actually don't need it that much um, and who actually do the bare minimum um, and seem to get away with it and perform amazing. Do you think if those individuals went a little, did a little bit more, they'd be better? Or do you think it would take away from it? I know that's a very hard question to answer. It's a hard one to answer, but I think at some point in their life, they have put in the hard work and it's not that they're not doing anything. They're still sleeping. They're still eating. They're still going to the gym, but they're just not putting as much effort into the gym as they could. Um, do I think that might make them better? It might make them better in the gym, but it might take away from their rugby performance. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that's what people got to realize uh, high sports performance um, kind of place like that is about getting to the game and playing as best as possible for the game. It's not about gymming and numbers in the gym and being as big as possible. 
Um, it's kind of a different focus um, to what people kind of kind of believe. Yeah. So I'd be really interested. Um, what would a typical say that Monday that lower body strength session? What would that What would that look like? Actually, very very similar kind of to what we would say. So it would be three sets of squats or a, a vertical force expression. So for example, it could be a squat. It could be a leg press. It could be um, a Bulgarian split squat. Again, it depends on the player and their needs. So it'll be one of those three exercises. Um, again, people, the slightly older boys in the squad because of their backs tend not to squat. So they will actually hex bar deadlift as it's just a slightly better position for them. But again, it's whatever's best for the player, but they will do three sets of say a squat. They will then do three sets of a hinge movement. So their hinge movement is normally a Romanian deadlift, but again, it could be a hip thrust depending on what that player needs are. Um, followed then by three legs, or uh, three sets of split squat or single leg kind of um, movement. And then again, three sets of Nordics, um, three sets of three. So they kind of program off something called a minimal um, dose. So all you need to do is give the muscle a minimum dose in order to make sure it's protected for our sprints. Um, and then simply after that, it's just uh, three sets of calf and three sets of core. Boom, done. So not kind of too dissimilar to what we program, to be honest. Yeah. Simple scales, complex fails. The best programs are always the most simplest programs. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why all those guys are so big and strong as they are. And, and they're also, I think the other thing is that they're big, they're strong, but they're also able to put their body through absolute torture once a week, but get the shit beaten out of them, but still turn up and play consistently and turn up at the gym consistently, even though their body, they're having two guys that are 120 kilos run flat out each other and try and run each other over. Um, so I think that's the other thing is how resilient it will create, like build a body and things like that as well. Um, Absolutely. Like you look at rugby, for example, they're they're doing like long conditioning things. They're getting up, they're hitting people, they're sprinting, then they're walking, then they're hitting a ruck. And there's so many kind of different components to rugby that it really does destroy them. Um, they come in Monday morning and they are flat out, some of them. Um, so much so that there are some days where we will look at a player and go, go home. Um, you don't need to be here. It's not going to be beneficial for you to come in and train today. The best thing for you is to go home, sleep, recover, and come in the next day and we'll reassess. Do you ever get any resistance from players with that? Who are like, no, I want to train? Yes. Um, so depending on the players, some of them are very, very happy just to go home and do nothing. Uh, there are quite a few. We've got a new prop who's in from uh, Russia and all he wants to do is just gym. And even when we're like, no, don't gym. Like you played three games on the bounce, 80 minutes, like you need to rest. He's still like, no, I'm going to come in. Benches like 180 for a couple of reps. Just absolute mutant of a man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite, it depends on the character. And that's, again, it's one of those things of you've got to judge not only kind of their physical qualities, but also their psychological qualities. Some people really benefit 
from coming into the gym and doing something where some of them actually really benefit from being told to go home, go rest, get out of here. Um, again, it's one of those things of just judging the player and what's best for their physical and psychological needs. Yeah, that's where like actual coaching comes down to. I think the the amazing thing that I think uh, what I'm taking away from this is just how much people would look at that and think you're managing a team in terms of you're coaching a team. Obviously, you and the other whole SNC team, the training team, the, the the it's just how interlinked everything is, and how although yes, there is a bigger team picture. There's also every single little minute detail looked after between each individual as well. So although it is a group coaching, essentially there's one-to-one coaching within the group coaching, um, which is obviously super complex and why they get the results. But the reason I asked that question in terms of, are there some people that you have to basically tell to like chill out, you don't need to do this. And some people might get that. I know I would give resistance to that, um, particularly until I got like really good trust with that coach and things like that. And we've been through with maybe a couple of injuries. We got me playing really well. Then I came down, we got me back, back, back up and things like that. Until you really trust that coach. Um, but what would you say, everyone who is there is an incredible player, but you are also surrounded by some of the best players in the world. Is there anything that you could say is the difference mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally between the good and the great? I would say so, yes. Um, I think judging from people who are doing great, it's actually always down A lot of the time, it's a thirst for hunger and to know more um, and to listen to every single little detail and not kind of, block anything out because you think you know it. Um, The better players always want to know that little bit more. Like Sam Underhill, England International. Uh, The other day I was doing um, some jump testing for our um, senior academy boys. And he wanted to join in. So he comes over, does a couple of jumps. And I was kind of showing him kind of what it all meant. And again, he was asking all these extra questions. What does this mean? How do I get this better? How does this relate? Um, And he's one of the best players in the world and he's done it so many times. But again, he just wants to know that extra little bit more detail, add that little bit more to his repertoire so then he can go out and be even better. Um, And definitely the best players in that squad just want to work hard every single day and listen to everyone um, is kind of the big thing I think from the great players just to the okay average ones. Yeah, the okay average for a premiership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, th- but that's the thing. It, it is it's it's excellent to world class. It's the difference between being an incredible player and being someone who leaves a legacy and actually change, changes the game potentially and things like that. Who leaves the, as, as the, like all blacks would say, leaves the shirt in a better place than it when you came in. Um, but I think that's incredible because I know we always speak to clients and things like that. And I say we don't train Sally from around the corner who wants to turn her bingo wings. No disrespect to Sally, she's a lovely lady, and I coached her for five six years whilst I was PTing. But we help people who are already in the gym most of the time, they've, or they've been in good shape, kind of either get back into or go from roughly good to gen pop version of great. Okay. Um, and we say, I say to clients, you give me three things, we'll get you world-class results. I say you give us some hard work because, hey, guess what? The shit ain't easy. You have to do that. Okay. I think the next biggest thing is you're open, honest, and transparent with us. I think that links into quite a few different things that you've been talking about in terms of like, if you had a client come in and just say, hey, look, yeah, look, I feel 
fresh. I don't have any niggles. It's going to be a recipe for disaster. I'm sure there's, I know I've been in those situations back when I was playing where I'd be like, yeah, my body's sweet. Don't worry. I can play on Saturday. Um, and then you end up fully fucked and you end up out for three months. Okay. And the last thing is just consistency. And like we've said about having those world-class basics. And then also like you've, we've said about finding ways to add the fluff to, to kind of steal your work, the wording that you use there to make it more interesting. So you stand, can stay consistent, but um, I've literally just put a post into our Facebook group that'll be going up in the next couple of days for our clients and the character traits and the attributes that I've, well, three things that we've, I found our best clients do is they're fast to fucking implement. They get told to do something and it's done. Okay. So like if you asked some underhill to, Hey, look, I want you to put, these jump, these plyometrics into your run, it'll be fucking done in the next session. You wouldn't have to chase someone for it. Okay. Even if it's not perfect. Okay. But you would get it done. And then the next thing is quick to ask for help. So he'd get it done, but if he didn't feel like it was right, he'd be straight on asking you questions. And like you've said, okay. So if you can be quick to implement because so many people get paralysis by paralysis by analysis and they overthink it, they never fucking start. Okay. So start, be quick to ask for help and then just be quick to celebrate little wins. Okay. Those are the three big things that I've noticed with our clients. And if people can bring those in, um, even just their everyday life, implement fast, be quick to ask for help, be quick, quick to celebrate your wins, no matter how small. Um, I really do think that'll be a, a really good kind of foundation for people to try and go good to good to great. What's the, um, is there a lot of banter between people or is it quite supportive? And uh, no, it's really a bunch of boys and there is a lot of banter, a lot of stick um, between boys, between staff, um, between boys and staff. There's always kind of a running joke going along. Um, there's always something which they want to take the piss out of. Uh, if there isn't a meeting where no one laughs, it's not a particularly good meeting, to be honest. Um there are some very, very good characters as well um, around the club who, if they weren't there, it would change the whole atmosphere. Um, like I said, their main S&C guy is definitely the biggest character in there um, and he's very much well-liked and it would be a very different place without him. Um, every day you come in and he'll put a smile on everyone's face um, at some point during the day, which is kind of nice. Um but yeah, there are some right characters in there. It's not, it's not a place. There's no, as we say, there's no HR. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck the HR. That's what I say. I've never seen them. I don't think they exist, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're in a piece of paper somewhere. That's yeah, it. <laughs> put it this way: when boys, um, there's one guy who's at the club. I won't name him, um, but he will go around, and if your trousers aren't tied up, your trousers will be pulled down. Um, and there has been a couple of occasions where boys have been fined and they've had to go get teas and coffees and they've come back into the room with a tray full of teas and coffees holding it and suddenly their pants are pulled down and there's not a lot they can do. Um. Oh, I love it. Love it. God, I miss I miss the stupid fucking banter like that. Oh. If that happened in an office. <laughs> yeah, that shit. That happens at a rugby club. Funny. Yeah, funny if it happens in a rugby club. Um, yeah, it's also not gay if it's rugby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not gay if it's rugby. Um, so I think this will be a, a, just last couple of questions. I've literally just got three. 
two, two kind of real kind of quick ones. You kind of alluded to one a little bit before. What sort of numbers are these guys hitting? Say like squat, squat, bench press wise and things like that. What's what's like the elite and then what's like the average? So during their training, they will do a six week training block like we do. Um, and they will go from six reps to five reps to four reps to three reps to two reps to one rep. And then they will test that one rep. Uh, but because they're playing rugby and they're normally so fatigued from playing rugby, actually they're given an option. So they, if you're not feeling great on that one rep week, you can take the load down. So the majority of the time in season, most of the boys don't actually improve their one RMs. They actually go down um, because they're so tired and they've got so many other factors going on in their life that they can't actually peak for that one. Um, numbers of what kind of the boys do again, position based, um, squats, it ranges from, I would say about 160, 170, um, would be kind of the minimum. And there's a prop there who plays for England, uh, called Beno Urbano. And he's, I've seen him squat, uh, 272 for five reps um it is a box squat and the depth isn't perfect but it's something to, it's strong like the yeah. fact he, he does that he's, he's actually bent the bar um in the gym because uh, he loaded that much on but again it varies like from position to position um that's kind of roughly what squat wise bench wise anywhere from 120 to 200 200 kg again position based body weight wise your bench being having a bigger bench press doesn't make you a better rugby player um so that they're, they're not really that bothered by numbers of course they want it to go up and for the players to be getting stronger but it's not kind of a massive thing um other than that i think those are really the two main lifts they target they also target um, a hinge and the pull so they want so they look at your squat to hinge ratio so they want your squat and your rdl to be as similar as possible and then same thing for your push and your pull so your bench press to your bench row they again they want it to try be as similar as possible um all within 10 percent if it's not within 10 percent that's a big injury um, kind of risk or, or it's viewed as an injury risk if they're not within 10% of each other. Interesting. I was just doing the maths in my head on that. Ben might have RDL'd like twice in the last year, pretty much, <laughs> just because it's been squat and run, basically. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to finish off this challenge so I can get back deadlifting. Cannot wait. Um, God, that's going to be horrible laugh for the first time in a while, isn't it? Um, so... Rapid fire. Don't, don't don't think about this one too much. What shocks you the most? Just how normal actually they all are. Um, I think you have this thing in your head of what they're going to be like and how they're going to treat people, and they're just honestly just normal human beings who are just incredibly kind, funny, um, and there's nothing superhuman about them at all. I love that. I think everyone. I think everyone does that with 
celebrities, bloody influencers, athletes, anyone who's got some kind of um, status, status, I think is the right word to use there. Um, people think they're superhuman, but everyone forgets they're just fucking normal people. They still have to shower. They still have to shave. They still have to go for a shite every now and then. Um, they have highs. They have lows. They just work extremely hard. They surround themselves with the right people. They stay relentless. And quite often they are, these, the people that you're working with are incredibly genetically talented as well, but there are going to be people in there who are not mm. but just surround themselves with the right people, put themselves in the right, right environment, been fucking relentless and done the work. Uh, and I think if anyone wants to take anything away from this, it just goes to show that you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a genetic freak. You can reach and do some very, very special things. If you do the, the, the everything we've kind of alluded to in terms of going from good to great. Um, so what's been your biggest takeaway from it all? That was the thing that most shocked you, but from a, I'll ask you two, two ways from a personal perspective. And then also from like a, a coaching perspective, what have been your, like the biggest takeaway for each? I think biggest takeaway coaching wise is actually they're such world-class athletes and they've been doing it for so long. You don't actually need to do that much coaching with them. Of course, there's always little points they can always pick up from, but majority of the time you're not, you don't need to say much to them or you don't need to correct much with them because they've been doing it so long. I think personally for me, the biggest takeaway I think I'll have is just kind of being able to experience that elite environment and know actually that I can more than stand on my own two feet in it. Um, I've got the knowledge. I've got the experience now. Um, I've got so many things I can take away from this experience that can push me forward now. Um, and I think kind of personally for me, it's one of those things of it's just nice to be back in a rugby environment um but just without any of the pressure on um i i did my first game against leicester tigers um the other week and i just forgot actually how much i enjoyed being part of a match day um but the enjoyable bit was actually the fact that i didn't have all the stress and the anxiety of preparing for a game i could just enjoy the atmosphere enjoy being part of the boys and then just kind of um, have that excitement of waiting for them to go out on the pitch and to get them ready. Yeah, I missed that match day. There was uh, like the feeling of that last Siam that I played, which is the last game, rugby game that I ever played. I don't think I will, I don't know if I'll ever top that feeling in my life. Um, I really, really don't. If I do, it will have to be something pretty special because I don't think it's one, it's the scenario of doing something you love, but three, it was also literally, I was lucky to be able to do it with a lot of obviously quite good friends on that pitch as well until obviously we want it back from them and things like that so yeah but this is why one of the reasons that i want to do all these challenges and things like that because you know you know that nervous butterfly feeling that you get um like when the like two days before the marathon i got that feeling i was like oh oh it's been a while and i was like i like this <laughs> um but yeah, we'll go into our training goals uh, in another episode in the next couple of weeks. But um, dude, I've been asking this question to a few people who have been coming on the podcast. Okay. If you could have dinner with uh, three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? 
dead or alive. Right, I'm gonna have to. I'll name you. Go on, you'll be in the first one up. No, fuck, fuck that. I'm not letting. That's, that's too easy. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> get out my ass. Right. <laughs> Who am I gonna go with dinner with? Uh, go on, my parents. Then I'll be nice and I'll go parents. As in, I think one of those things of you're so grateful for your parents how they brought you up they brought you into the world and they teach you all these values and they've done so much for you. So for me, actually having them for dinner, just to give something back to them, uh, they'd probably be first one. I think second one, I think I'd go down the sporting route. So I'd probably go down someone like Michael Jordan um, or LeBron James, someone like that, who just have, changed the world in so many different ways changed how people kind of view their sports um and they've transcended it into like a new generation um so that would be pretty cool left the legacy yeah exactly they've left behind something that's always going to last um so i definitely think that'd be really cool um sports wise and then i think last one just thinking through, I think I'd probably have to be like a celebrity or a politician. So I think I'd go someone like Barack Obama. Yeah, just because I think they've got a lot of kind of life experience, a lot of stories to tell. And I think you could learn an awful lot from someone like that. Um, I, I think they've got a lot to give and a lot to tell you. Um, and that you're probably going to hear that in no other place. Yeah. 100%. Yours then, actually, what's yours? That's a good one. What are your three? That's mine. Um, mine would be outside of, I'm, I'm not going to do family and different things like that because I just want to spice things up. Okay. Number one, I think, would have to be someone like Johnny Wilkinson just because he was literally, yeah, I'll say Johnny Wilkinson because he was literally like my childhood superhero role model kind of thing. Um, next up, I would love to, I would love to speak to someone like Elon Musk. Just, it's very similar to what you've said kind of with Kobe. There's someone who's just completely changed the way of thinking and also just to, like people think he's a fucking alien for Christ's sake. So something, someone, someone along the lines of like him uh, and Michael Zuckerberg, just to get an insight into how someone like that brain works and functions and then the last one this this, this might be really be really a bit weird i think just like what one of three people i've got to say one though haven't i i'd probably say kevin hart just because i think we fucking jokes <laughs> and uh i i was out for dinner with someone uh, not that long ago and i said i'll use exactly the same question for anyone who's looking for a good conversation starter fantastic question johnny knows i love a question um and they were like right i'd have Kevin, I'd have Kevin Hart, Adam Sandler, and um, Jeremy Clarkson. I was like, well, at least you're having a fun night. Jeremy yeah. Clarkson could be quite an interesting one, actually. Yeah, that could be uh, funny. I, 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 he, he strikes me as he would be a bit of an onion. Uh, there's a lot more layers to than what you see on, obviously, the, the TV and things like that. Do you what, listen to the podcast with Stephen Barlett and James Smith? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've picked up kind of a couple every now and then um, into work. Um, which has been sometimes they have pretty interesting conversations. Yeah, I love 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 Stephen Bartlett stuff. Very, 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 very interesting. Um, but dude, let's wrap it up because we have been 
rambling on for a little while now that flew by um honestly thank you so much for coming on it was always appreciate brother um for everyone listening don't worry we will do that training episode because i want to get out of johnny and i want him to put it out into the world about what what these goals are because if you wherever you put out it comes back in let's give him some external pressure and accountability for them okay guys um but guys please give this a share to your story make sure you tag myself and johnny is simon johnson fitness johnny glendening fitness if anyone is interested in working with us on a one-to-one basis around your training your nutrition your lifestyle your sleep your habits your every, absolutely everything that you need to go from good to great to build a strong body unstoppable confidence and actually live a powerful lifestyle so that you can reach your full potential just drop me a message on instagram saying i'm in and we can have a little bit of a chat about where you are right now where you want to be and if we can help you achieve some absolutely incredible results thank you as always everybody catch you in the next episode see ya